Okay, yeah, I know that whole conversation. If you want to recap that today, well, I would be happy to talk about it. Okay, so that's what I was trying to figure out. Because it's an important... Yeah, okay. That's an important piece of this journey, I think, for you, especially okay. if you don't remember it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kim Duke, and I'm married to an alcoholic addict. Hi, Kim. Uh, my name is Chris, and I am an addict alcoholic. Hi, Chris. And uh, we today have, we we have um, we have a crossover podcast today. Yeah, yeah, very close friend to our family, and uh, over the last I don't know year and a half, it's just gotten gotten better. And watching this individual grow and become more confident, and seeing that there's so much more to them than just bits, um, has been such a motivating thing because it reminds you that um there's a world outside of comedy there was a lot of comics that i would meet where it was just comedy all the time and there the conversations were more or less like wouldn't it be funny if and oh. where could i insert a bit type of thing and um alex uh was really the first comic friend that like it was it, there was you just reminded me that there's more out there than just the stand-up scene. So that was very nice of you, Chris. Thank you for saying that. Well, I love you. I love you too, man, <laughs> with my whole heart. And I'm proud of you too. I mean, the last six months has been a fucking hell of a journey for you. And I got to tell you, man, you are immeasurably better in from the perspective of those around you than you were at the time when you were um heavily in yeah use yeah and and um part of what i noticed especially when you were really using a lot uh was like it, it did, not only did, does it affect the rest of your life it's like it it's compounding you know so like you it's like you would go to bed feeling shitty about yourself and you would wake up feeling worse about yourself and it just got worse and worse. And like, I just, it was like watching your friend drain out from his shell through his feet. Like oh, wow. every time I saw you, you know, it was like you were, it was like, it was less of you <clears throat> when it was getting really bad. It was like less of the you that I knew and love every time I saw you. And it was like, it's not like I dreaded seeing you. It was like, I was worried to see you. So it was like, damn it. Is he going to be okay today? You know? And some days you'd get a glimpse and you'd be like, fuck yeah, Chris is back to Chris. And then it just, you know. So to see you now, always you, always on. Oh. Proud dad. <laughs> loving husband. Terrific friend. And always, always all those things. But now, someone who I I believe is genuinely proud of themselves too. Like you include yourself in the pride discussion is there's you have a lot to be proud of you've done a lot wow thank you man yeah. and i it's um the like the ugh, it it's rough because th there were um resentments that i created for myself like these kind of um what like 
even though I would come out and say like, I, if I'm your friend, then I want you to know that if you need something that I'm here for you. Like, mm -hmm. and I try to do that with people. Um, and even though I had done that, I started to create these like mini struggles that weren't even like existent. Like the relationship from the outside looks totally normal, but for some reason I'm going, well, what the, why, why does Alex get to go home and, and be sad or be anxious or any of these things? And I have to, I have to do this and then I have to go home and do the dad stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning I have to like, I created these weird and it wasn't just you obviously, but well, like, I, I get what you're saying though. I just, yeah. And so it was like your yeah. way of, your way of, uh, identifying that you had an issue was by resenting those who could cope with their issues or had the space and the time to cope with their issues. And you were creating, uh, in your head a scenario in which the world had no time for Chris and his problems and your world had no time for you and your problems and you just had to stick to the fucking schedule and you had to do all the stuff you had to do to make sure your family's lives were continuing to go on as as they saw it, you know or imagined them being and your your relationship with Kim had to just be like I, there was no time for Chris to uh and I, you're exactly right. By the way, That's not to interrupt myself because <laughs> I'm gonna about put a pin in that. To an extent, you're kind of right, but it doesn't stem from outside sources. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like you built that problem. Well, yeah, right. Yes. By by whether you you created whether the external sources were where the anxiety was coming from or not, it was like your pain could have been alleviated but it was like to me and this was I, I gotta be honest with you I was so frustrated with you as as it got worse and worse because like especially when I would try like actively try to be like hey man I am here to talk to you whenever you want to talk and you would be like nah man like I'm good and I'm like you fucking asshole you are not good I know yeah. you're yeah. not good yeah yeah and I, I would tell you that like on the phone like dude I like that's bullshit. I know you're not doing well. Yeah. And you would say like, dude, I'm fine. Like I don't. And then when I would start to press you on it, you would either like divert the conversation or you would, uh, it was almost like, um, like out of purely out of defense, like you would like curl up more, you know, it was like the shell, the shell would like harden, you know, it's like, no, I, I don't need your help. But you would also like let out little blips and noises about things that were going shitty. And it was always like, it was like you would point at the external things, like none of these things are letting me be okay. Oh. But, or none of these things are open to me being not okay. Right. So I have to be okay. And then I would be like, but you're not okay. And then you would be like, but I have to be okay. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, you don't have to be okay, except that you're not okay. And then let's talk about why you're not okay and how yeah. you can be better. And what we can do to help you be better. And you'd be like, we can't do that. Yeah. And I'd be like, Hey man, <laughs> I was, I was very mad mostly because it's like, you would do the same for me, you know? And it's like, if I saw myself, I see in a way it was like a mirror of me, you know, it's like, I didn't, I don't like accepting people's help either. Yeah. Well, and Especially the, the weird thing, me. the weird thing was like, 
I I started to like at certain at some points I would be like confused on top of it because that shit historically like never bothers me like opening up to friends and letting them know that we're oh, here for them yeah it's something that like I championed and like it was ne- it never I mean there's so many instances that like things could have gone poorly for myself or my family because I enjoy I am codependent in that sense that like I well how lucky for this person that I came along because now I'm gonna okay fucking superhero it in and and uh do you think maybe you had trouble like uh but that's like so it it upset me that this that the thing that I fucking love like that I think makes me who I am now is pissing me off all the time. Yeah. And so that whole thing was, so it just, everything yeah. just was so fucking confusing. Do you think you had a problem opening up because it meant uh, more of a, it, there was more responsibility attached to it and you already had so much responsibility in your life that, that it was even scarier to bring on yeah, the fact that some of the problems you were having were self-inflicted, or okay, in in the in the sense of like um, uh, time management. Okay, there was no, there was literally no time to keep everything going. I didn't have time to actually like take a step back and um, do you and, think and try that, to fix anything? Because one, I didn't want to admit that there was anything that needed to okay. be fixed. Yeah. Two, if I lose one thing, then everything else is going to fall apart for sure. You so, used to say that a lot. Yep. So yeah. that's that's why I, when I, like when I quit Nordic, like abruptly, and uh, and then started to quit everything else. It was like I had driven that narrative that like, all right, you let one thing go, just fucking kamikaze the rest of this shit. Yeah. Get it the fuck out of here and hmm. um. And I would like um, patronizingly would call myself an addict. Well, I'm an addict, so I'm going to yeah. be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm addicted to comedy. Oh, got to get that out of there. I'm addicted to yeah. photography. Oh. So like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was like it was like uh, like a bratty version of like yeah. accepting the fact that you but, are. Which you, I can never think of that word. But like I, I was patronizing to myself because it's yeah. like. Yeah. Because, and like Sarcastic. we had conversations where he's like, it's never going to be enough. I'm going to always want more. I'm going to always, always, always want more of these things and I'm not going to get enough of it. So I have to just be done with it. Which like in, in your eyes, you're like, okay, but, but what is, what is stopping all of it do to help you anyway? Yeah. And I like d- when you're watching him like completely decompose. That night that he quit everything that was, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Like I, and I was texting his dad, like. Like I, I know when Chris isn't doing well and I knew something was going on more than what was going on. Mm -hmm. And his dad's like, no, I saw him. I talked to him. He seems like, you know, he really just wants to focus on family and work and all that. And it's like, no, I've known Chris for ever. And obviously his dad has too, but Chris has always had some type of creative outlet for him to have no creative outlet. All of a sudden that's what is terrifying. Right. For sure. Well, and like in your case too, you're watching like. 
that's that's like a like you said it he always had it so you're oh. like watching a piece of chris just completely yeah. die and then you have to be thinking well i i don't want to speak for you but yeah. like how is that going to affect everything else yeah you know well and like in the beginning like when we first started dating it was rollerblading and snowboarding more excuse me aggressive inline Keep yeah going. sorry aggressive inline so those were Damn. two big big things so when he had his back injury he couldn't do those things that's when he started right. going downhill his one attempt mm-hmm. you know because of his back pain so it's like then he found um comedy thankfully and podcasting and all these other things so it's like okay that replaced that creative he has a mind he needs to be creating things right and then all of a sudden all these creative things he's done with it's like right something's wrong. something's wrong yeah yeah for sure it's such a such a weird thing to reflect on because it's like almost hard to even imagine that yeah. that you would have you of all people would have decided yeah I'm done with all this shit yeah that was a very scary day yeah and a lot of people were reaching out very like text messages from people like what's going on there was a within minutes of you like posting. And being like, you know, and saying to all of us, like, we're done, whatever. There was within minutes a group text of like 15 of us that are like, what the fuck's going on with Chris? Yeah. And I knew more than a lot of them knew. Yeah. And I couldn't say. I know. Because that's your, that's your story. So I had to be like, yeah, Chris isn't doing so great right now, guys. But like, all he needs from us is support and to be kind. And then people are like, we should put on a show for him and we should you know invite him whatever and i'm like how about we go see chris away from comedy to show him that we love him for being chris not for being a comedian see and that's why like i i I hate to like put you on a pedestal and stuff but well yeah because i do not deserve it continue (laughs) but that that's that's i think like another reason why i've i've like latched on you more is because you 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 are able to like when you started showing up to Nordic in like business attire. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck, yeah. There's there's more out there, and like we when we would have these conversations that had nothing to do with comedy, and just like that, um, bringing me da- back down to to earth um, in that way of just. Uh, and the crazy thing is, just by being normal. Yeah. That all you were doing was what everybody else has to do outside of comedy. And, um, yeah, man, there was a, there were, I've never really said it like this, but there were a lot of people that were way more concerned with Nordic than they were with Mm me. And, uh, which I'm sure was extremely hurtful. It just was fuel for the fire. I remember just being like, it made me say like, fuck that place 10 times more because I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. A lot of people like, what's going to happen to the mic now? Yeah. And you're like, what's going to happen to me now? People like, yeah. 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 And And that adds to what you were saying earlier is the resentment of like, if somebody else was going through this shit, I would be asking them, are they okay? You know? And then to see people be like. What's going on with the mic? You're like, what the fuck, man? Like, can somebody just ask me if I'm okay? Like, I just want so one, per, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, did you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So, there uh, had been 
a few times that I had tried to quit drinking. There was one time where I like tried to cut back and then there was a, uh, like a time and a half where I, I tried to like actually stop. And one thing that I would do when, when Kim was at work, if she worked, uh, not overnights, but, uh, worked, um, like evening shift. Um, cause you wouldn't get home until like midnight, midnight. or yeah, a little after midnight. Yeah. Like I, I would drink enough to be drunk. Um, but not smell and not um, be like vomiting all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, and I would time it out so that I would, I knew I would fall asleep like before you got home. Yeah. And uh, that in those windows, especially if the kids weren't here, if they were staying at my, my folks for some reason, um, that was just, I turned into an ex-girlfriend hardcore and would just call people. Yeah, and they- I'm, I'm obviously... You know, come on. I know. <laughs> I know. But like, I just, for some reason would call and not, not, and not even just you, but like call people and th- that whole trauma bonding thing, mm-hmm. I would, I would try to make it seem like, Hey, remember how you're like super dark and there's all these things that people don't know about you? Well, check out all the shit that people don't know about me. And mm-hmm. like, I, in, instead of like actually dealing with it, I was like just being like, look, just let me vomit yeah, for a while and then everything will be fine in the morning. Yeah. But there's one particular time. Um, I mean, you unfortunately were on the other line of like the worst part of it, but there's a night that I don't completely remember the conversation and I just remember you trying to like bring me back down and I just was like trying to convince you that like I'm, I was unique in, in my struggles or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then you hung up on me. Oh yeah. You were pissed. Really? Yeah. You were really not happy with me. Jesus. And it wasn't like you weren't like angry. You were just like, dude, I, I gotta go. And I was like, all right, man. Like I'm here to talk if you want to keep talking and you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'll talk to you later. And then you hung up and I was like, okay. Um, you were, you were, and I, I guess maybe I'm speaking on a turn. I don't know if you were really unhappy with me or if the things I was saying were too much for you to take in that moment. And you were just like, fuck, like I need to digest, you know, what he just said. Oh, okay. You know, it could be any one of those things like that, that reaction. Let's assume that they're all of them. Okay. Cause yeah, it, fair. the fact that I don't totally it, fair. Yeah. I mean, and, and it very much could be just that we talked about some really heavy stuff and that conversation gave you a lot to think about and adding on to that with more metaphors and more, Hey Chris, you're not that not to take away from your current. I remember saying that exactly like Chris, I I don't want to discount what you're going through, but you're not alone. Mm. And that's important to know. There are people going through similar issues all over the world, myself included. And that was when you were saying, like, you know, my no, like you kept trying to like individualize your your issues. Oh, and I think in doing that, you like it felt to me like when you would say stuff like uh, and this is kind of like some of the things that I was talking to, you know, it's like I'm just going to tell you like you would say like, yeah, Kim expects way too much of me and Kim Kim expects me to like not just like 
work, but like also to like, you know, uh, be a dad all the time and like also like not and be like there for her when she has problems and like be there for the kids when they have problems. But like, I can't like let my guard down and tell anyone that like I'm having problems because then like if dad's having problems and like everything's going to fall apart. So I just have to like get my ass up and like go to bed or go to work and I have to like suck it up at work, which I, and like, you know, like and work sucks and like all the, and then I had to come home and I had, uh, you know, like immediately get ready to go to comedy and then I had to go to comedy and then after comedy and it was like, it was like everything in your life you like, in that moment we're being like nobody could possibly understand like all the things that I'm going through. And so it's not even worth trying to fix these problems because nobody can peel back this onion kind of thing. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it, you know? And I I distinctly remember on this phone call, you were like, uh, like jubilant on the phone. Like you were like, bubbly is all get out you were giggly and like laughing or whatever and i was like hey dude what's going on <laughs> you know but this was also i think during a window of time that you were not supposed to be drinking oh because you had quit drinking and this was like during that week or whatever okay and this may be why you don't remember because it was like a relapse moment where you just fucking drank okay and so i said like have you been drinking man and you were like yeah and i was like oh no and I was like, you shouldn't have done that, dude. Like, you were doing so well. And you were like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? And I was like, well, I cares. And I know you care. You're just pretending like you don't care because you're drunk. And you were like, ah, come on. It's all good. And then uh, I was like, dude, I, I, I'm worried about you, man. And you're like, I'm fine. Nobody cares about it anyway. And that's when it, like, it spiraled from there because it was like when you said I'm fine and nobody cares about it, mm. that was you being like, well, here it comes, you know, and mm. then and then we talked about how like how you felt about like that Kim was expecting too much of you and that there was no outlet for you to let out mm. all the pain that you were in. And uh, and then uh, you talked about how like you were afraid that Kim was going to leave you and how you're like she was going to take the kids away. And I'm like, dude, Kim loves you like she wants what's best for you. She knows that no matter what, like what's best for you is to be able to be in your kids' lives, first of all. Second of all, you guys are best, you know, I'm like trying so hard to like just get you to see like your family life is not falling apart like you think it is. Um, And then I brought up to you like you're using drinking. Like it's not, the drinking is a, a, a symptom of the problem. Like what's going on? in your life and you're like, well, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm like, you're it, sure you are, but that's not the problem. Like the drinking is a problem, but the problem is deeper than the drinking. And you have to find that problem mm. or, and that's when I said to you, like, or you're going to quit drinking and you're going to find something else. And it's just going to be about finding something else for the rest of your life. And you're going to continue to feel unhappy and that irritated you quite a bit because okay. your thing was like, Kim says the drinking is a problem. And so in that conversation, you were like latching on to like, you, you, it's almost like you weren't even accepting that the drinking was a problem. 
it was like you were you had only accepted that Kim said the drinking was a problem. Right. And so you were like, like, that's what Kim says, you know, is the problem. And I'm like, dude, I don't. The drinking might be a problem because it's affecting other people's lives negatively. But I think there's a way deeper issue. You know, yeah. and I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you unhappy about? And you just couldn't like we couldn't get past that point. It was just we just kept hammering into that wall like and we'd get steam too. It was like we would back up and we talk about like what's going on in your life. What's stressing you out? Is work stressing you out? There was a lot going on at work at that time. Mm. You were getting a lot of new responsibilities. Oh, not, not yeah, necessarily yeah. responsibilities you were very comfortable with. You were feeling like you were going to fail. And in the process of getting those new responsibilities, if you failed, you felt like that was going to be the end of that and you were going to have to go out and find a new job. You were feeling like comedy was going nowhere. You were worried about how the podcast was doing. You were worried about how Kim thought of you. You were worried about the kids. You were I mean, it was just like all these things that you were worried about. And so I, you know, we'd peel back a little bit and we'd talk about like, okay, what's, you know, what's going on? With the kid, why why are you stressed out about the kids? You know, and then it would just we like meander our way back to the point where you would say like, it's like you I'm an alcoholic, you know, and then I'd be like, yeah, we've established that like four times, but what's making that? And we just never, mm. and then that's you you ended up hanging up on me. But the the thing that I said about like my mom sleeping on the couch, uh, my mom has mentioned before that like when she and my dad would be like arguing when I was a kid, my parents used to argue quite a bit. They didn't get along super well. My mom would sleep on the couch and she would say it was because my dad was snoring. Oh, so analogy wise, what I wanted to say is, or what I was trying to get at is like, you've got a problem and you're doing something to respond to the problem, but you're not actually saying what the real problem is. It's like my mom would sleep on the couch and she said it was because my dad would snore. But the problem was my mom and dad were actually having arguing problems. Mm. Sure. It's like in your case, you were drinking. And the problem wasn't that you're an alcoholic, so you're drinking. <laughs> the problem is there's something going on and you're coping with it by drinking and you're just saying that the drinking's a problem. It's like, dude, no. Like... The drinking is a problem, just like the sleeping on the couch was a problem, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's not the problem. Right. I got what you're saying. And that's what I kept having to try to say to you. It's like, that. it's a problem, dude. It's a symptom. It's like... That makes sense, because I remember I was uh, laying on the on the ground, like, halfway in the hall and halfway in our bedroom, and yeah, it almost, like, when I think back on it, it feels like I was falling asleep i i don't know yeah it's you all could have been but you, but that that doesn't mean that that i didn't hang up the phone because i was you know refusing to like give ground either like i think that 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 I compl- feel like especially at is, that time because because that's that's how i interpreted it yeah was that okay so if i admit to the thing i give ground and then we're gonna have to do all of this new construction that's and that's what you you, I don't know that you mentioned it on that call, but that you made that part clear more than once where you'd say like, like, I'm just going to stop drinking and then I won't have these problems. Mm. 
the problems are still going to be there if you don't look at why the drinking was happening, you know? And I, and that's, I mean, to come full circle, that's, you seem infinitely happier now. And when something comes along and tries to like tilt you off the scale or tilt the scale or change the beat of the metronome a little bit, like fucking some of the stuff that's been happening and the news lately. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. You cope with it so much better. You know, you talk yeah. about it. And that was like, you just never talked about it. And I tried to like reciprocate or like, like show you that I was trying to reciprocate. It's like, dude, you do this for me. You know? Oh, it's like, I'm doing this for you because I love you, but also because I know you would do this for me. And I tried to like use that as an in to be able to be like, all right, man, like when I've, when I've had problems, like you've, I'm sure you've heard the story. Like when I was having my anxiety, depression, panic attack issues, there's like two people that reached out to me ever. Three, actually. It was Chris, it was Matt Doima, and it was Caitlin. Those are the three people that ever reached out to me. And I talked to Chris every single day. He was the only person that I talked to every day. Yeah. At the time, I was dating someone. Didn't even talk to her every day when I was having all these issues. But I talked to Chris every single day. And then you wrote a joke about uh, kidnappers in Africa. (laughs) And that that was, I was like... So happy. I literally like told my family about this joke. <laughs> it's such a fucking great joke, you guys. That's right. We riffed hard. I, yeah. I that's so funny. I still tell people about that. Like when when I tell that joke, how like I'm like <laughs> that bit actually went on for like maybe an hour beyond yeah. that. Like that that joke could be uh, its own short film, the way that we like yeah. like how you would um get drunk and there was like a kidnapping shack. The way that you would get drunk and wake up in the morning like, oh man, who did I call last night? These kidnappers would wake up and be like, oh fuck, did I kidnap somebody last night? (laughs) (laughs) It just went on and on and on. And that's like, so, like, uh, you, in that moment, you like, helped me feel normal again, you know? And that was like, all I wanted for you was just like, let's bring you back to equilibrium so you can actually like, look at, what was going on? And I feel like you declined so fast. Like, yeah, over, yeah. like it just happened so yeah. fast. It was from, like parabolic. Like, the almost. beginning of like even you guys meeting, like you took pictures, obviously, in um, the Power Ranger situation. Oh, yeah, and like yeah. when you would go to open mics, it wasn't when you would go to Keller, it wasn't all the time. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but it, you just went downhill fast in your drinking. Mm. I think... Um, I can't obviously speak to why that happened, but I would imagine that it was like, there's always like a combination of stressors that like flip the switch, you know? And I wonder if like part of it was the work stuff, you know, part of it was the fact that you had accepted all this new responsibility in your life outside of work. Now you're running a mic. Now you're running a show. Now you're running my show. Now, you know, there's a million things going on at Nordic and somehow you had taken full responsibility for all of them and didn't accept help from other people. And it right. just like it just got worse. And, and worse. with the stuff between us, he he didn't want to work. He didn't want to work his Monday through Friday job right. at all. Right. He wanted to just do all these other things, and it was hard trying to explain to him. Like, but at the same time, we need to bring in money. Right. Like, I we can't live here, all of us, on just my income. So there was a lot of that fighting going on. Well, and, he, and you're also like in a way at that time he was he's working like 90 hours a week because he's putting in all yep. this time to make 
all this other stuff happen and trying to actualize his dreams. But he's also working 40 hours a week at his job. Yeah. And he's relied on very heavily at his job at the time. So when he comes home, he's already exhausted. And all he wants to do is relax. Yeah. But then he's all high tension again because he's got to deal with all this other shit, like fucking editing podcasts and doing fucking pictures for people. And who's the next person that's going to ask me to come take video of them or pictures of them? And I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to get paid dick for it and not worry about it. Not literally get paid dick. Although... I mean, sometimes. Yeah. But... Another thing, but like there's, there's one other factor that like was like seemed way more innocent, um, that like, yeah, it seemed like such a background thing, but the fact that I got free beer Mm -hmm. from Nordic for sure. So when you're in an environment where, cause a lot of people associate like I'm stressed out, I'm going to have a beer Mm -hmm. when we started doing shows and we didn't have the help that we needed to do those shows. Right. Boom. Just drink more. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's like a it, spike of anxiety, take a depressant. Yeah. So then that carried from there because I was like, well, what do I do when I get off of work and I go home and I'm having a stress, stressful day, I drink. Right. I am doing that in multiple places now. Right. So now it's occupying a lot of space. Right. You wake up stressed, you drink, you know? And I don't, you know, I I don't really talk to you about my drinking. It's, I don't, I, I don't think I've gotten to the point where the quantity of beverages is seriously in like inhibiting my life or my health. But like, you know, I'll have a drink, but I don't have it until I'm already settled down for the evening. That's like my thing. It's like, I'm not going to, I don't drink as a means of stress relief. Right. I drink as a means of casual, you know, and that's how I keep it casual. But just to say like, you know, um, I've been in that, like where a drink is a big time reward yeah and it it's like i feel the slippery slope it's very present you know like when when you get into that like like when i would do like a weekend you know like at comedy corner or something you get multiple free drinks a night Mm. for doing and it's you know two nights in a row three shows in a weekend you're getting multiple free drinks in i mean Sometimes you get four free fucking drinks on a Saturday, you know? Yeah. There for six hours, so I'll have four drinks. And when I get home, it's like, well, I better have a couple more, you know? And it's like, that's how that's how it goes. It just keeps... Well, and you and I had, uh, like, kind of gone back and forth in the past on, like, the amount of, like, when... And this, it's so, like, t- to... It's, it's such a weird thing. Mm-hmm. When White Claws came out and ease of drinking came into fold that I don't think people expected mm-hmm. because it kind of looked like an energy drink, like it had kind of a Red Bull look to it. And they call it a seltzer. And they call it a seltzer. So you're exactly. So there's like these these oddly like people thinking that they're being ironic but not realizing. So like you and I had talked about how like 
I put back however many Trulies last week or uh, White Claws last week. And then you would be like, oh, dude, I do the Trulies. Mm -hmm. And like we were kind of like, I don't know if we were being ironic, but in the sense of like, we, this is a problem and yeah. we got to figure it yeah, out. <laughs> for sure. And that's like, so um, weirdly, like when I knew I had, I did, I would say, and it was weird. It was like, while you were going through what you were going through, like I was, I could feel myself like on the edge of like having a problem, but I'm also watching like my best friend, like, I don't know. I'm fall apart is such a shitty way. No, to put, but no, like, that's literally. No, completely yeah. Literally, fair. Yeah. And it's because of this thing that I'm like having a little bit of trouble stopping doing, you know, and it wasn't that I was having trouble stopping because I wasn't trying to stop. It was that like, I was just doing a lot of it. Four truly's every night and sometimes five, sometimes six while I'm sitting in bed playing video games. Like, this is not yeah. casual drinking anymore. This is, like, drinking to relax. This is, you know, and... and uh, moving in with Caitlin made a huge difference for me on that, for sure. Because then, I, you know, like, she's always there, you know? So, yeah. like, like, I'll have one, like, she'll go to bed, and, I'll like, I'll pour myself one, you know? And I'll just like, have a drink. But, like, switching from Trulies to drinking vodka... That made a difference because vodka is pretty gross. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm not slugging back vodkas, you know? Right. I was slugging back Trulies for yeah. a while. And I know and I've heard that with other people too. It's just they're, they were so easy to drink and people would be like, tastes oh. like fucking bubbler. Yeah. You're like, my six packs already gone. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, and that's so, so when, when the source becomes like an easier thing to consume. It's like the same thing when a fucking Netflix show comes out. You know? Oh, well, like, yeah. and you would make comments all the time like, I'm not drinking beer because it makes me feel full. Oh, yep. And White Claws weren't, wouldn't right. make you feel full. Right, which means you could have more of them. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. It's like when Midnight Gospel came out, you know, it's just like you hammer six episodes because they're 20 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. So if you tell somebody you're going to hammer six episodes of Game of Thrones, they're like, hey, dude, you yeah. have a problem. Yeah. You know? Well, and the thing, like... So, and I think that like w another reason why that shit is so dangerous is because, um, you do it so often and it's so easy that you mm -hmm. don't realize you're doing it that you then go, well, if I'm not even noticing, I need to up the ante. Yeah. And so I started mixing vodka with the white claws Oof, my goof, man. and I got to, it, so it got to the point where it was like, if it doesn't burn, then it's not working. So like, yeah. because when you brought that up, that whole like vodka doesn't go down as smooth. So it's kind of easier. That's great for normal people. But whenever we talk about substance on here, like somebody who, who is a, nor it's the a chasing normie the dragon, uh, <laughs> um, effect, right? Isn't it? I mean, in a way it's like the burn is. Yeah. Well, and I comforting. mean the, the how stops mattering. It's the when. Okay. So like it doesn't matter how I get drunk. When can I get drunk? It doesn't matter wow. how I get high. Okay. When can I get high? Like those that that's the really big switch that happens for people. So when you see uh, people putting back handles of, you know, vodka or handles of, of whiskey or whatever, like 
they they don't care. They don't right. care how they get to the point anymore. They just it's when. Yeah, they just know that okay, I've oh. I've got it. I know that it, as soon as I put this thing that's back, that's fucking super interesting. Yeah. And that's the switch. For sure. So like, wow. Yeah, I mean yeah, it really like I. So in my like the taste never bought like it really stopped bothering me at all. So like not and not to like turn this back to myself, but like for instance, like I'm not like on a schedule of like up oh, nine o'clock. I get to have a drink, you know. Yeah. But like when evening comes around, I think to me, oh, I, I'm gonna make a drink, you know. Yeah. For you, was it like opportunity seeking? Or was it like yeah? So necessity? every window that was possible was like so. There was a schedule of, and I've said it on here before, but like I knew that if I consumed X amount five minutes from then, everything would be better. So and like, I didn't realize this when we went on vacation to California. He told me this not terribly long ago, but it was like he wanted to just get to wherever we were planning on going. Oh yeah. To figure out if he could drink then and not only that how long were we going to be there so that i could make sure that i whatever i drank i'd be so sober enough to drive by the time we needed to leave that thing so it was like everything was stressful in the sense of like how how i'm not going to be able to drink if we're going to go and do all this shit throughout the day like that's what it turned out and it became we would argue because i didn't feel comfortable driving out there yeah, because I'm not an aggressive driver, and so Chris and would drive, and so it was a lot of arguments because, obviously, he's gonna be the driver, so he can only drink a certain amount. And even like when we went to Disneyland, he's like, "Can you drink at Disneyland?" I'm like, "I don't think so." So he, I did all this research while we're in Disneyland to see if there was somewhere he could drink, and came to find out you have to put reservations in for this one bar that they have somewhere, and they had none available. So it's like, okay, well, when can we take a break, go back to our hotel so we can go to the bar and drink and then go back to Disneyland? Man, I didn't know. Yeah. But that's that's interesting. So it's like it, it was no longer about like finding time. It was about like making time. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't like, man, whew, I got a moment to, to breathe. So, or I, we, we don't have anything going on. You know, it wouldn't, it'd be nice if we had a, a drink. It was where... Where are the windows so that I can drink? Oh, man. And Kim, did you like, were you fully conscious of that moment? Like, oh, this is an issue. Or oh, was it for a long time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if that like for you, if you were just like, oh, Chris is like well, it was, really trying it, to take advantage of this vacation, huh? This well, is, and it was like, okay, where's the nearest liquor store we can go to so we can get alcohol to put into our hotel room so I can drink three drinks and then I'm going to go to the comedy store and watch a show and they have a two-drink minimum, so I have to have two drinks for sure. And it was like always watching him to see how much he could drink. And then there was concern like, okay, if he drinks this much, goes in a Uber or Lyft to the comedy store, how do I know he's going to get back? Right, which is a whole new scary yeah. piece to that whole... Especially being... In California, right. like with Where two you kids, don't have yeah. There, there's who I mean, is it was I knew you weren't there with him, you were at the hotel, it was me with, with the two right. kids, so it's yeah. Like, yeah. And then man. it was like right when we'd get out, like we got to the airport the first time we went to California, one of the times it was like right away, we went really early in the morning, and Chris was searching for the bar right away, like, can I have a drink before we get on the plane? 
no, nothing's open. And it was always that. Like, okay, when we get on the plane, I know I can order a drink on the plane. So it was always, that's all he, it seemed like his focus was always on that. Interesting. And then come Universal, we knew we could drink there. So it was like, oh, we're going to go here and have a drink. And then we can have here, go here and have a drink. And then this and this. Yeah. But we had to drive to Universal. So obviously Chris probably was thinking about how much he could drink while we were at Universal because we would have to drive back. Right. Well, no, the first time we Ubered there. Right. Yeah. Or Lyft. And then the second time, because we were flying out that night. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah, every, everything, yeah, it, it becomes way, yeah, none of that stuff. And it's not that you don't taste it, but your brain associates it with an, like a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're feeling. In in California, they didn't have White Claw or anything like that. So that was another thing. Chris was like, well, they don't have White Claws here. Yeah. Cause I, I thought that I was being. you now though. And how cool is this? Like, you, yeah. dude, this is, first of all, that you can talk about this. I'm sure, like, I can see it on your face. You're feeling a little bit of shame right now. No reason to feel shame. No. Well, I mean, it's is, just weird to. Because you hear people going on vacation, they go to the airport and they're like, hey, can I have a drink and all that? But, like, looking back now, it's like, wow, it w- really was on his mind constantly the whole yeah. time where I'm like, well, we're on vacation. He doesn't yeah. have to work. Like, he's not getting drunk where he can't drive. He wasn't, he, and when he's like, I won't drive out there. He wasn't being mean to me. Like, well, it sucks that I have to drive the whole time. Right. Like, he was just like, the first time he was more like, come on, can you just take a chance and drive? And it wasn't because he wanted to drink. The first time we went out there, you weren't heavy in your addiction. Right. But the s- second time, it was just me and you. And you weren't pushy that time because we only had such a short period to be there. Right. But the third time, you were more like, come on, can't you drive? And then he knows that it makes me so anxious that it's not like you were mean about it. But I felt like it was more because you were hoping you could drink more from point well, A to I point mean, B. To be fair, you did say that you were going to drive. <laughs> so we do have to be completely honest in well, that Well, and regard. he's like, if we're ever going to move there, like, because in... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. we always talked about wanting to move out there. He's like, you're going to have to drive eventually. And I'm like, well... Okay, but now, I now, will, now that... <laughs> now with all the things you hear about what's going on in Hollywood and COVID. I'm like, I'm not really interested in living in California anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the main point that I'm like, I, all, all of that, all of that to yeah. say, right. Um, everything has the, like in, in the addiction world is, um, instead of people saying, Oh, I've never, never driven drunk. I've never, I've, you know, I've, I've never, uh, drank on the job i've never like instead of saying those things to make it seem like you don't have a problem you have to start saying yet i haven't driven drunk yet i haven't got a so DWI you have to, yet you have to like accept that it's always a possibility and i think in that regard i mean and, and this isn't like scared straight either because most people are normal like addicts say normies because <laughs> you just it doesn't it doesn't like become life or death and so like don't I, I mean i don't want people to think that like because you you drink you are like two steps away from being yeah. an alcoholic. Or like, like if you go on vacations and you go to the bar first and i'm not saying anything bad about that no, not I mean, there's I mean, some people that only drink 
when they go on vacation, yeah. which is like once or twice a year. So right. it's like they're the, these things that I say do not mean that you yourself are an addict. It's only if they take over. If it if it makes, if, if the if the act of consuming whatever it is you're addicted to becomes objective number one. Yeah. Well, as soon as you start to become a danger to yourself or those around you, yeah, then you, and I mean, people don't, that's another weird thing is that everyone's threshold is different as far as like what is considered danger Mm -hmm. and danger is, is just like, I'm in danger of losing my job. That's a danger. Yeah. My okay. thing, so my like, concern was he was always so intoxicated and the kids were here. And if something happened, his answer was always like, well, an ambulance would help. But you should be of sound mind if something's happening with absolutely, the kids. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that's where I would always. That's mine where my mine was a literal danger. But yeah, for other people like that, dan- like danger does not always mean like actual physical harm yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's of uh, of consequence and then therefore yeah, because that's yeah d- like danger of losing your job bills are still going to keep coming in so yeah. you're in danger of losing your home like there's right. it it's it's relative your health. there we go that's what I was too so yeah absolutely yeah. you're in danger of uh getting um pancreatitis you're in danger of getting having liver issues yeah absolutely um you're in danger of going to a nickelback show you are (sighs) i mean look at this photograph 2020 they're coming back for sure yeah i hope so (laughs) i still okay not to be all jokey jokey but (laughs) it's not a joke so yeah just fucking buckle up i think Creed <laughs> could yeah. become the most popular band in the world again if they just did covers of like NSYNC and Justin Bieber and Backstreet Boy songs. Okay. Because Scott Stapp, as horrible as he is, <laughs> has the funniest voice ever. Yeah. And I think they would. Like, can you imagine them singing Bye Bye Bye? Yeah, I can actually. Right. <laughs> and, and in your mind, you're like, come on. So to your point of, I hope Creed just does a revival album. And yeah. It's just all covers of like. That'd be beautiful. Like Whitney Houston covers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. So I I do have, I guess, more questions about okay. how, like how, because um, we haven't really, I guess I haven't had. No, and that's the other shitty thing is that like COVID hit. Yeah. So we didn't get to actually like. Well, and the yeah. thing was, is you were a part of the big night, right. which was you know, scary. Yeah. And then like with everything happened with that and yeah. So you were kind of a big part. Well, not like you were big, but you were in part of what was like all, it was all crumbling down around us. Yeah. It was really scary. Yeah. It was tough. Um, for, uh, for the two of you, like when was, um, I mean, obviously treatment, uh, and prior to treatment, you, you, you know, your inpatient stuff, but, following treatment like when was the aha moment for like the two of you where you were like oh shit this is like under control like i got this oh we try not to think about it saying that well, it's no, no. under control yeah yeah trying because oh not i guess that's not maybe what i mean it's just like that moment when you're like 
Oh, like where we're trust like is felt, reestablished. Yeah, we're like life felt normal. You're like, fuck yeah. Like, look at this. I'm yeah. killing it right now. You know, like that feel. Have you had that like, that like prideful feeling? Maybe a couple weeks after. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, there was a was we- it like there- while he was did it did you ever did it ever occur to you like while he was in treatment? A little, like- yeah. I think yeah. I was scared of how he would be outside, so I didn't want to be like, okay, he's he's doing really really well, so mm-hmm. this is it. He's good because. That sounds so shitty. But he also wasn't completely honest with me when he was on the inpatient unit. Like, I didn't know that he was thinking about coming back and drinking the whole time because it seemed like when he was there, he was ready to go to his next step of getting treatment and getting Mm -hmm. sober. So you're talking about in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. When you're in the inpatient unit at the hospital, you weren't 100 percent honest with me how you were feeling about alcohol at that time. So Mm -hmm. then when he was in treatment, I always was like, well, like, yeah. And. I was waiting for him to have his aha moment there, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times when we would talk on the phone, it would be a lot of, oh, they're talking about faith. They're doing this and that. And it's like, did you get anything out of anything today? Not really. And it's like, oh, okay. shit. Yeah. So he's not, all he's doing is he's there, he's sleeping, taking meds, getting food and going to these groups. He's not really getting anything out of when's it going to, when's that moment going to happen? And it was a speaker, right? And you... You had some speaker. No, that movie you watched yeah, with yeah. the basketball player, football player. No, 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 no. The uh, you're thinking of um, the Chris. Uh, no, 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 no. Neither of those things. The oh. the, the you're thinking of the um, pleasure unwoven. Oh, that yeah. When he started having, when he watched that video, and there was all these like um, scientific like what happens in your brain, and that was his like he called me. He's like, I understand it. Like, it makes sense. And then he, like, went into this big old speech. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. That's so cool. And then the more he would talk to me on the phone, like, well, yeah, your brain does this and this and this. And it's like, okay, that's how Chris needs to understand things. Like, he's mm-hmm. not going to understand someone being like, you know, I prayed and this happened for me. Chris needed some yeah, scientific. divine intervention isn't going to be the answer. It's like you need that scientific, that hard evidence of, like, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's super cool. That, yeah. Like, so then when he started doing that, I'm like, oh, okay. He's He had that aha moment. Yeah. Like I was just waiting for that because it's like if he doesn't have that while he's in treatment, is he just going to go, well, <laughs> I just spent 28 days and I didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. That's what. Which I'm sure was scary until scary. like that moment. Yeah. And then you were like. Yeah. On cloud nine. But you- then, yeah, you, when you come out, you're like, okay, my worry was he how well is he going to deal with real world stress again because i sugarcoated everything on the phone with him yeah like i wouldn't be honest what was going on here and how i was struggling here with two kids getting sick covid happening my job like things changing at my work and everything going on i was and like having to make sure the kids were like getting to school Mm-hmm. and like making sure like his parents are fantastic but like okay are they gonna be where they need to be is your mom gonna be able to get them to school all these things i like was just like no don't worry about it you're in treatment which i wanted him to feel that way but yeah. i didn't let him have any real world like real world stress while he was there yeah and then one night he's like what's going on and i just like lost it i'm like landon's been sick he was thrown up layla has strep yeah she got oh, strep yeah, yeah, yep. and then covid and all this and so i was like okay now, now I'm taking him on a treatment and he's going to see, like when the first stuff was going on with COVID and schools got shut down, you would drive and it felt like a ghost town everywhere. Yeah. Nobody was on the road. Right. No one was going anywhere. Right. Grocery stores were completely empty of everything. It was scary. Mm-hmm. It well, was dude, very like. Remember, I hate to circle back, but um, so 
this guy that I was in treatment with did this family program where he, so essentially there, it's like, um, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, but, uh, it's with people who are sober. So like there's a few addicts and then the family members of addicts who are at that facility. And so they give them time to, uh, kind of ask questions, things that they can't ask their family member or significant other or whatever, because they feel like what, what, what happens if I ask the wrong thing? And like, oh, they could okay. just, yeah. So it's, it's like a very candidly ask somebody else who is going through a similar. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and the first day back, he was like, our, I hate to say this, but he was like, our women are going through so much there. I can't believe that any of these ladies are staying with their husbands. Like it's insane. So like, he just couldn't wrap his head around it. And then he was like, she's not telling me any of this stuff. I was like, they're probably holding back. And so we were like, okay, we have to call them and say, Hey, I am making headway now. So I want you to start to tell me things. If I feel like I can't handle it, I'll let you know. But you need to know that I like, I'm going to come out in the real world again. So like you can start to say these things. And then that's that night when you finally started to do those things. I was like, it's been hard. But like him going through that was like, I, cause I wouldn't have known, like you were saying, you were keeping all that stuff. And it was hard to going to work and dealing with like on a regular basis, even like, before Christmas treatment, I would deal with patients that would come in who are under the influence mm-hmm. and we have to deal, you know, work with the families and they might not even be coming in suicidal, but they're very drunk and they're drunk all the time. And families would be like, yeah, they're killing themselves by drinking and you're not going to put them in a treatment or you're not going to put them in the hospital. It's like, no, like I can't put somebody into treatment. Right. And like, I would get so angry at myself for saying that because I want him to go to, you know, I wanted him to yeah. go to treatment. You know, I want him and so then when he was in treatment and I would be dealing with that and it's like, yeah, I know I, and I can't say I know personally, it's like, it's very frustrating. I get that. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard having those kind of patients while Chris was in treatment. Cause it's like, yeah, this could be, this could have been Chris. Right. Man. That's crazy. I didn't know that, that like you guys had, I mean, obviously I assumed that things were. And I know that you were talking to Caitlin a little bit while yeah. things were going on. And, um, yeah. I like to put on the strong front for everybody. I've always been like that. I know you do. <laughs> but I wanted people to be like, I got this. I got You're this under control. pretty good by the way. I know. Yeah. But finally, like. So was he. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's part of the so fucking So finally problem. it was yeah. like, I like everyone. And people know, like, how yeah. are you doing with the kids? How are you doing with this? Do you want me to take you out for coffee? Do you need this? And it's like, no, I'm fine. And in my head, like, there are days I couldn't. I but laid while the kids were, were in fine. school. Yeah, and I'd lay in bed all day. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now the kids are going to come home. I got to look like I was doing something so the kids don't think mom's not okay. Right. Because we're trying to get dad better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we, like, there was the, there would be these big moments um, that made me, I mean, at one point I thought I was going to leave treatment early because I was like, I fucking nailed it, dad. And, uh, and then the underlying thing, though, was that people kept talking about how they relapsed. Like there was a guy that I was there with who was like, oh, I know I'm going to relapse as soon as I leave. And so he ended up leaving early 
and I have no idea what happened to him. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah. The That's real, so sad. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are these people that you, like, you're literally living with them, and they're having to be the most vulnerable that they might have ever been to another man in their life. Right. And you're so, you're seeing, like, all of these really deep things, and then just, it means nothing. Uh, oh. I mean, so there would be, like, times where it's like, I know the thing, I just don't know what the other thing is, because apparently everyone's just fucking relapsing out there, so I, it was, it was just fucking, so, so, like, there I remember would be, when you, when you first got out and we talked, like, the big thing that you talked about was, like, you finally understood, like, why relapse happens, and mm-hmm. that was, like, I remember you being so, like, it was, like, so, you were so obviously enlightened by what you had learned, and that was, like, I mean... I was like, yeah, this is the real fucking deal. Like, you're good. Like, I, 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 it wasn't that I didn't believe in you. It was that I wasn't sure that you could believe in you. Yes. Well, it's like if somebody says, some of the most passionate people are uh, cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. And even though they tell you, because they're trying to be strong for you, and they say, we're going to, we're going to beat this thing. Yeah you know that there's a part of it that's out of their control. Mm-hmm. And that's so fucking hard to hear. And I could tell, like, there were there were family members, there were friends that, like, you want to know that that's okay, but they also didn't know how bad things were. Yeah. So they're like, well, how are, how are we supposed to actually know? Right. Because it was so, like, masked before. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And yeah, it's that's that weird thing that's like out of your control that you you want people to be confident in these new things that you've learned. And I think that's why a lot of addicts like try to spit out all this knowledge because it's yeah. like, hey, guess what? I'm not going to relapse because right. of this and this and this and this. And right. you, you can believe me and everything's going to be OK. And like, right. It's this this hyper vigilant thing that people either get irritated with or just you're pushing it so hard that now I kind of don't know if you're going to make it or not. I like what you were saying before. Let's rewind a little bit. Oh, when you're talking about his, him not believing in himself. Yeah. Like I feel like when he went to the hospital and was first her treatment, his self confidence in himself was so low, Yeah. but he's such a determined individual. So if it's right. like, if you can find that determination and getting better, then hopefully your confidence in yourself will come back because he yeah. was so low but when he has his mindset on something, he'll do it. He'll right. push himself. Right. Like if it's something he desires. Yeah. Yes. But it was, yeah, you could see. And we talk about this all the time, how like he just looks more relaxed than he did before. Like yeah. his presence is completely different now than when he was in his highest use usage. Was it after treat or after you were an inpatient and before? Oh, treatment? like that, when that you, limbo area. When you came and did a set yeah he did do it yeah 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 and you you were like really nervous to get on stage and whatever um but i like i i started crying when i saw you like hard i went to the bathroom and just like bawled in the fucking shitter (laughs) (laughs) people were like man that's a tough one in there eh but because like i was like holy shit i saw chris and i was like like you you looked like different like you looked like physically different, like healthier, you know, it was like, holy fuck, like this is, it's working. You well, know? Like at that point it was like, 
I was like uh like like a rescue dog that just you just got all the ticks removed. You got and into you the got foster home. Exactly. I was so you, just uh, brought to the foster home. But you haven't gotten your forever home yet. Because I don't there's all these new smells. There's all these yeah. like yeah. where do I go and hide? Like Well, because like it, like And you're in a place where you were doing a lot of your using. Yeah. When I I knew you weren't there yet, but it was like this. It, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like when you see like a little kid like do something like amazing, you know, and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Is that what they're going to be like? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is <laughs> yeah, like, oh, shit, a- <laughs> like, this is incredible. Uh, and then when you first got out the moment, I, I don't mean to like, you know, here's my, but my like aha moment was when the family came over. And when you guys all just came over to me and Caitlin's and oh. we just hung out and everything was super fucking normal. Yeah. We just chatted. We talked for like hours. Yeah. Yeah. We just dicked around. Games yep. and, Why did yeah. we go over there in the first place? Because we missed them and we're like, well, you know what? But like, were we out? I forget. We went to Home Depot to get my pineapple plant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you we're guys like, we're like going to go see their new and place. Then... And I'm like, I wonder if they'll let us in. Maybe we can talk through the window. And you guys were like, come on in. And then we had those delicious chicken nuggets and French yeah. fries. And it was, uh, I literally was oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I miss meat. You were there for <laughs> <laughs> fucking pussy. No, I'm just kidding. So I don't know. You guys, I think you got there at like eight o'clock. If I recall correctly. Like oh, yeah. It was late. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't leave till like 1145. Yeah. It was fucking late <laughs> yeah, when you guys yeah. left. But I remember like sitting on the couch and I'm sitting on the couch and you're sitting in the chair and we were like BSing, like hardcore BSing. But it was like how our conversations will go like we go into full BS mode <laughs> and then one of us says something that like makes the other person think a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then we're just down into like, oh, deep shit talking <laughs> time, you know? And then it's like, back into the... Yeah, yeah. Tub- yeah. And we had like 50 of those fucking moments. And I just remember like when you guys left, I just looked at Caitlin and I was like, I mean, that was Chris. I was, that, was, that was Chris, you know? That was like such a... I was so fucking proud of you. I mean, I still am. Yeah. And I was right when you got out. But like it was that moment I was like, fucking A. Like... Chris is back, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was the coolest fucking feeling. I'm about to start crying, dude. It I was, was like going to say, it's really weird, like... I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm more, But his mom would say that. That's my Chris. Yeah. She would have those yeah. moments where we would visit, and we'd be in the car on the way home, she'd be like, that's my Chris. Yeah. It's like yeah. such a cool thing, like, to just, like, watch. Because it was so scary, dude. And then, like... I... It was like... It was like it became nostalgic so fast. That was the hardest part about it. It was like you would long for the old times that were like six fucking months ago. Yeah. You know? Three months ago. Two weeks ago. You know? You're like, how is this happening? And you, it's like, you're like grasping at straws. Like, dude, I just want to help him, but he doesn't want to help himself. And then like, you did. You helped yourself. And then... It was like, that's what it took. It took you helping you for it to finally be like, it was like, it, I had like a, it's just like old times moment. And it was like three months ago, we were having just like old times moments, you know? And it's such a weird concept. Cause like, when you hear that, you think like, man, I miss the old days. Yeah. So I'm talking about 15 years ago. Yeah. And I say that. You yeah. Know? But it was like. It was like I got to have, I don't know. It was just really special. Yeah. And I was, I was, uh, 
I was upset at you, you know, and I like couldn't not be. I tried so hard not to be, but it was like, it was almost like because you gave up on you, like you also gave up on me. And I was like, I didn't want to make it about me, but I couldn't not. I was like, fucking A, like, am I a bad friend? Like, am I, can I not handle shit like this? Like, what if this happens to someone else? Like, how do I separate myself from this so that I don't, like, and it just, it spiraled, you know? And then, I don't know. We just, look at us now. Yeah. It's, just it's, talk about Just a bunch of bros with podcasts well, now. It's super, that's a lucky thing because we, 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 I mean, I, I say it on here all the time, is like, sobriety doesn't mean that everything's okay. There are still things that happened that no matter how positive your outlook on the future is, that doesn't mean that somebody's going to be able to just get over the fact. Even though addiction is a disease of choice, as they say, because you choose to use it first, but you have no choice over how your brain is going to log that information. Right. Um, But... um, shit how was i gonna work that um the thing is is like things that you still did and people you hurt while you were using oh you're the vehicle of the disease Mm. so before people know what it is all they know is that you were the one that was spreading this yeah this thing and and it was negatively affecting people right and not to like circle back too far, but like you, what you had just said about like, um, you know, it's like no matter your, your outlook, it's like, and that's part of the value of like living in the now, you know, it's like you need to appreciate what's happening right now because like right now you're winning, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like you, it, every second that you, that, that you continue on this journey, it's like you, you're, you're succeeding in every single moment and that's like, whether it's, you know, weight loss or it's, you know, recovering from addiction or it's like being a good student or whatever it is. It's like, it reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen the movie Kung Fu Panda, mm-hmm. but is I that think, a joke? Cause I know, I'm of sorry. course I've seen. So the most powerful quote, maybe in any children's movie I've ever seen comes from that movie. And it's so subtle that you're like, holy fuck. But it's when the master, uh, Fishu or whatever the turtle, the tortoise. Ugwe. Ugwe, yeah. When Master Ugwe says, uh, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That is why they call it the present. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, that stuck with me ever since. I remember watching that and being like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> living the right now. Because it's like, you know. Yeah. It's like. Tom Hammerford, dude, fucking treat yourself. You are killing treat it right yourself. now. And like, you can't shy away from that. Like, you have to embrace the fact that like, success is moment by moment. And like, you're doing it. You know? I don't know if this is the right word. I don't know that I've ever used this word. Um, but the duality of being a a person that like championed themselves as somebody who would take in those that I, I thought I could help mm-hmm. if only to be somebody that there was zero judgment. 
like the the duality of like recognizing that I think I'm like this podcast like doing this one more and more and feeling that it has so much more importance to it is because there is a different person. There is this person who was broken and I am like if if I'm going to be somebody who says this is a house of no judgment, then I have to be able to apply that. And the best way to do that, like in kind of real time is I am both this person who has no, like no judgment, but was somebody who like desperately needed to have that, like to stop making excuses for why it doesn't matter that I'm not getting help because I'm helping this X amount of people. Yeah. Okay. So the duality of uh, living on the side of being open and willing and accepting of all people, but then also the hardcore judgment of yourself and the inability to open up to those very same people is like, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. And so it's the reason why it, if people have perceived me as like, it looks like I'm like taking advantage of this. It's more that I'm saying I'm not just somebody who is open to this stuff. I am somebody who needs this stuff. Yeah. And this is... And that's the duality. Yeah. Yeah, oh. for sure. Recognizing <clears throat> that you can facilitate the needs of others, but also that, like, this is a need of yours. You yeah. Know? Like, you need to do this. That's yeah. what, like, I mean... Uh, so I, I have a friend who listens to our podcast... What's that one called? Dude, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard so, of that. Oh, that's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a friend who listens to Does Dude, it absolutely. air every Tuesday? Uh, dude, absolutely. <laughs> so you guys dope. are so stupid. So, uh, so I have a friend who listens to that and then happened to catch an episode of of Not So. And oh. Yeah. And was like, bro. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. And they're like, wow. I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, that is very impressive. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I get, I mean, say more, you know? Yeah. And he was like, I mean, you watch the dude absolutely. And like, oh, like you're, Josh, you're silly. You're and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, holy cow, he's a deep guy. Like, yeah, I know. It's got pretty. It's deep like this cavities. is a, like you need that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you need the depth because the depth, like, it, as w- as far as you're willing to extend, you need to be able to reach back just as far. You know, it's like you yeah. can you can stretch your <laughs> you can stretch yourself out as much as you want, but you know. Yeah, Seth, yeah. A, a memory popped up on my timeline of this moment that I filmed on my phone. Uh, Seth Rogen and Jerry Seinfeld talking to each other. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. Cars? Yeah. Okay. Um, Seth Rogen is talking about how when he'll make an inappropriate joke and somebody looks at him as though he doesn't know that he just made an inappropriate yeah, joke. Yeah. The concept that, oh, they obviously don't realize how inappropriate they're being right now. Right. It's like, no, no, I know. And I want you to know that I can be totally normal and say 
the wildest shit you've ever heard at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Like the like wow. being able to say this goofy shit does not mean that we are incapable of truly understanding how important it is to uh self-care and mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Um and when we're talking about movie quotes, there I thought you were gonna well you talked if about If I'm a bird, you're a bird? <laughs> no. It's from the Lorax. Okay. Which is a fantastic movie. Oh. You ready for is this it, one? I have a theory about the Lorax. Keep going. I am the Lorax. It is her dad, by the way. It is, yeah. I am the Lorax. I speak of that, not that one. Um, unless someone <laughs> well, like that you. That's funny, Kim. <laughs> well done. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Wow. So I'm going to just. Fucking um, Lorax. Lorax. Dropping a suicide. Dropping a over really here. good quote because it's true. Yeah. In regards to, tr- unless you want yourself to get better, it, it really. It won't get it better. It won't get better. Right. So. Wow. That but was he a is a Lorax bomb. and he speaks for the trees as well. Right. But. All right. Wow. Yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to impart on. on because. That is an aspect we were trying to have more people on who are on the other side of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, and it feels so weird to say this because you were on the front line. Like, is there any advice that you have to people when they, against their better judgment are kind of, um, and that's not even the right phrasing either. I don't know how to say this. Advice to people who have who are close to people who are going through. Yes. Like this? Yeah. Absolutely. I th- I, I think. Um, well, one, I'm like I'm not a professional, you know, and like that's the that was the hardest thing for me to get through my head when all this was going on. It was like I'm not paid to do this. I didn't go to school to for how to do do this. It's like if you don't try, that's what will hurt the most after all of this. It's like. Just try, you know, be open. And then the other thing that I, I would say, like, advice-wise is, like, don't pity. Because, mm. like, pity breeds shame. And shame is not, like, how you breed success. Yeah. Like, rather than... I I struggled with that in the beginning. And... With when you know, when things really started ramping up, it was like I pitied you, you know, and it was like it didn't make you better, and it didn't make me better. It didn't make me feel any better about the way that I was communicating with you. It was like doing my best to empower you, even though you weren't accepting it, was the most. Mm. That was the that was I felt like I was doing honest, honest. I was doing you honest by trying to empower you and speak truth. Like telling you, like, dude, you're there's something else going on. You know, it's like to to say those things. It's like it was really hard at first to be to not just like listen to what you were saying and just like, yeah, man, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I feel you on mm-hmm. this. You know, it's like I wasn't having any of that by the end. You know, and I'm not sure that I did it right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there was something I could have done di- differently. But as somebody who was like on the outside, like trying to trying my best to cope with something that I was completely out of my control. You know, it's like the only thing I could control was like not carrying pity and shame around with me. Shame in like the way I was doing it, like the way I was trying to help you, but also like shame 
of like or not uh, but also the pity of like poor chris you know yeah well an important thing is there's only so much rope to the lifeline until you end up in the water Mm -hmm. so when it comes to trying to help people in addiction and that sucks to say because we're lucky that we're still friends after all this shit but there are there are times when your well-being is just as much in danger as the person that you care about and so you do and these are really fucking hard times and this this is like the professional guidance is you do have to cut ties with these people sometimes and it doesn't matter how much you care about them and you just have to hope that they're going to be able to get the help that they need and you've given all that you can and if you don't get away from it it can become dangerous for yourself as well for sure for sure well i don't know if i mean as far as i don't have anything really to say to wrap up other than thanks for having me on I no, thanks it. for coming and on. Yeah, yeah, of course. And like, Thank you for sticking around. I don't know, dude. Like, one last thing is like, I'm proud of both of you, you know? Heck, like, I'm proud of you. Hey, thanks. But like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> no deflecting. For real, <laughs> I'm proud of both of you guys. Like, you, you for all the hard work that you put in and like kind of rebuilding your, uh, your self image, really, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like you have to, you, Sometimes the, like we were talking about with the snow globe, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's like you spent this whole time in your life, like chiseling away at this marble, right? And you like had this sculpture of yourself and then like partway through somebody was like, Hey, I got a way better rock hammer. And you're like, all right. And then you grab that rock hammer and it was like an automatic rock hammer and it was like out of control and just started chipping away at this fucking sculpture mm-hmm. and it ruined the sculpture and then the sculpture fell on the ground it broke everywhere and wet then, glitter and glass and then you went to treatment and they were like hey here's a new piece of marble ooh I like, like that and you're like alright let's fucking try this one more time yeah uh, that's very good and it's working dude yeah you're, you're beautiful you're a beautiful boy <laughs> Let's see, he's really chiseled. He is. Ugh. He is. And Kim, like, for everything that you did to, like, keep your family afloat and be as strong as you've been. Don't make and me cry, be so supportive, And be so supportive of him. And also to, like, have so much grace. Like, you gave so much grace during that time. So, like, you were, you were really quite amazing. So... Be proud of yourself for that too, because like I mean, you guys are, you guys are very special people, and listeners, <laughs> fucking very special. You guys are very lucky that they're willing to expose the these hard truths about their lives to you guys, because this is not everyday shit. This is these are incredible folks. So, thank you for having me on. Thank you. For it's a pleasure. Me. Thank you. I thank you. I never Alex. can end it. That's right. okay. You want me to just do it? Yeah. <laughs> and with. That we will, and with that we will pass. You did it. Do you want to do it without a question mark? <laughs> and with that, we will pass. 